What's going on everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Breadcrumbs of Inspiration. Today we have a super special guest, Dr. Sam, who is a naturopathic doctor, expert on the mind-body connection, as well as gut health. But today, her typical interviews are a little bit different, but today we're going to go in a different direction. Still talk about gut health and all that fun stuff, but we're going to talk about a little bit of a different topic today, which I'm personally very interested in, as I know so many other people don't really think about this topic very much. So we're going to dive into that. It's going to be super fun. And I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome, Dr. Sam. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to have this conversation with yes. you today. Yes, how are you? I'm doing wonderful. How are you doing? Amazing. So let's give people a little bit of context on who you are, your background story, where you come from how you got into the field of naturopathic medicine and then how maybe it transitioned as of recently, not out of it, but in your own, um, I guess, evolution. Uh, so yeah, love to All hear right. your story. So should we start in the womb? <laughs> Where I come maybe. from. My mom is, no. <laughs> um, well, I was born in Iran, mm -hmm. moved to America when I was around 11 with my family, with my mom and my sister. And my dad passed away when I was seven years old, which I believe had a really huge impact on who I am today in a way of creating such resiliency and so much healing to open my heart and be interested in health, wellness, life, death. Um, so, so yeah, so came to America, was really into nutrition when I was in high school, really into understanding how the body works. You know, everyone was doing these fad diets, like everyone wanted to be thin, this, that. And I just wanted to understand how does food affect our body? So I studied nutrition in undergrad. And I was also like, my dad passed away when he was 38. He was super healthy. So I really wanted to know what happens in the body. How could someone just have a heart attack at 38? So I was like, I want to prevent other people from going through that. Um, so studied nutrition, understood how nutrition plays a role, but still didn't feel really satiated with the amount of knowledge. And I just wanted to know more. And I wasn't even sure what that more was. I was like, I, I'm just, it's, I want to do more. So then I, someone told me about naturopathic medical school, someone that I met actually at a funeral, which is really interesting. Um, yeah, it was an acupuncturist who was my friend's dad's healer who, when I told him what I was interested in, he's like, that sounds like naturopathic medicine. Mm. And I was like, what is that? How come I've never heard of it? So I, that night, I remember that night perfectly. I went home, researched it, and I was like, this is it. This is everything I've been looking for. So then applied, got into naturopathic medical school, and that's when my healing journey truly started. That's when I, like first year of naturopathic medical school, we had to do counseling on our you know we had to go to the counseling center for a whole year we had to do things to heal ourselves we had a whole class dedicated to what's a trauma you want to let go of and I worked around wow. my dad's death yeah and they told us the first day of naturopathic medical school that you will not be the same person if you make it through this school you'll come out a completely different person wow. and I can attest to that I am very different that's a good program then, yeah, yeah yeah it was almost like my own healing program wow um so studied naturopathic medicine second year really got into meditation because of the mentors i had the mentors i gained because i wanted to learn about vitamin injections and different types of pain injections they ended up well one of them 
he ended up becoming my mentor in a way of teaching me how to meditate and bringing love into every session. And he would, he, he's still my mentor, would always tell me that, Sam, it, yeah, diet, lifestyle, all that is cool. But if you don't, as a healer, show up with your heart open and create that space for your patients to feel that love and feel heard, their healing won't fully take effect right so that and he was like it's so important for you to meditate and for you to be grounded and for you exactly Mm -hmm. so anything i remember anything that would come up in me he's like did you meditate so that's when that (laughs) seed but did you meditate right 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 (laughs) so that's when that seed got planted in me um and then so I got really interested in the mind-body connection because I wanted to then teach my patients about it, about the transformations I experienced. And then also looking at what was affecting the physical body. So there was always this thing for me that I wanted to heal the body, but I saw the really important aspect of the mind and the spirit and the soul and how they all come together. So really got into gut health from there because that's where inflammation starts and IV therapy because if you have inflammation in the gut, you're not absorbing all your nutrients. So the science nerd in me was really interested in that stuff. And then my soul has just always been so hungry for understanding everyone else's soul and my own soul. Right, the truth. (laughs) Yeah, the truth of who we really are. Wow. So, yeah. That's an awesome story. I love how, um, you know, I have a big... belief that when the student is ready the teacher will appear i say it all the time i talk about it all the time and it's interesting how you met a mentor early in your career Mm -hmm. to really like set you up for success in a way to you know lead with an open heart and come into that healing space with the right energy because i think you know it doesn't matter if you're an energy healer or a doctor or nutritionist whatever healing's healing absolutely and the intention and the purity from the get is so important yeah i love how you like that just right off the get just came in thank you i know i'm pretty lucky so okay so you go to school you become a doctor it begins your healing journey Mm -hmm. would you say your healing journey also was like side by side with your spiritual awakening or would you say that came a little later i would say or that was the beginning. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's still happening. Yeah, of course, right, right, um, right. right. So never-ending process. Exactly. I think when I was ready and started um, having experiences with meditation and seeing things, and um, I think it all started together, but very slowly, right? And it's still happening. And I learn about myself every single day still that I get so surprised. So mm-hmm. I'm still going through the process. I think till the day I die, mm-hmm. right? It will yeah. be happening. But... Um, I think, yeah, I think it coincided and just all happened together. Mm, Very cool. So I'm curious about your meditation practice and in your process of talking about mind-body connection, was it you first focused on just body and then did you learn about like, because where where is like, where does the fascination come in between the mind-body connection? Because I think so many people don't realize it's literally the one and if your gut's off, your brain's going to be off. It's your second brain, you know? Yeah. But then you also need to, like, have the right tools to be mindful or, you know, have the awareness through meditation. So I'm curious how those, like, dots connect. Connect. Yeah. So so for me, the meditation I started with was really focused on the energetic body. It was breathing through the different energy centers. Um, but 
at the same time that I started meditating, I was also taking an elective on biofeedback. I was in school, right? So I was, I took the course in biofeedback, understand. Yeah. Really quick, is biofeedback the same as neurofeedback? Um, a little bit, okay. but biofeedback is more like you have attachments to different parts of the body. I think neurofeedback is just to the brain, brain and what's changing in yes. your brain. Yes. Biofeedback is different parts. So you have a belt around your belly to understand if you're breathing or holding your breath. You have some on oh. your muscles, like places where people usually hold tension. You have something on your hands to measure this if you're sweating. So then you put people through different stressors and see how their body's responding, their stress response. So people would come to me with tension headaches and we would see through stress, even if it's like a micro change, but that tension staying in their neck. Or people would come with higher blood pressure and they're working on that, right, through stressors. And we would, someone's trigger would be like, every time they got a phone call, they thought it was about a traumatic event that happened years ago, right? So their blood pressure would spike. So we would take them through it and we would see how they hold their breath. Because what happens with our body is stressor happens and then there's a response. Yes. Stressors are always gonna be around us. I mean, we can't live in a bubble with nothing coming at us, right? This right. is life, we're on this planet. Yes. There's stress. And sometimes people are addicted to stressors and that stress response, right? Most people are. Most people are. It's like one thing resolves, we're looking for the next thing to bring us anxiety because that's what feels like thriving. So then we would create that awareness through biofeedback. So we would have weekly sessions with patients where just creating, like you said, awareness of what is actually happening in me. And then I would educate them on, okay, the stressor is coming, you're holding your breath, cortisol is being produced, take them through the whole education part. And wow. when you know this, then when you, when you know what's happening, right. th there's no way the next time it happens, you're like, oh, I'm yeah. holding my breath. Yes. I'm changing my posture. Now I'm sitting like this because someone called. Or wow. And then you slowly start changing that. And then after 10 weeks together, you're like, okay, I can notice it and I can change it in the moment. Ooh, but the so first good. step with any change we want to make is that awareness around yes. it without any judgment, yes. with loving kindness, right? Yes. Like, oh, wow, this is the way I've been responding to it. Mm. And I truly believe that's like, when we're responding something to something emotionally mm. or even physically, right? Yes. So I got to do both of that with my patients and see the profound change. This is when I was a student. Wow. And then I started doing work around even without attaching them. So I would say, I'm your biofeedback machine today. <laughs> <laughs> so then I, so now today I don't even use a biofeedback machine, um, which sometimes I'm like, oh, I kind of miss it. I want to use it to show what's happening on a computer. But I'm so like, I don't know how I feel about technology. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I like to keep it real and human, right? Yes. And be like, Anton, I just said this. I saw your foot clinch or go like this. And then that would create it. And then it would be like micro changes that then you would notice. Wow. So then, you know, I would educate on cortisol gets spiked. Then it affects your gut lining, creates leaky gut over time. Chronic stress does that. There's research about how our gut and our brain communicates. And yes. it's not just a one way communication no. it's both ways yes. so brain to your gut affects how you're digestion digesting gut to the brain how you're producing serotonin and changes your mood and all that stuff yeah it's really fascinating that's super interesting yeah. i had a mentor once told me um if you're if you can't control something you said made me think of this if you can't control your mind control your body if you can't control your body control your mind and he was it was essentially like helping you just feel good in certain situations where like you would use your body as a tool to influence your mind so we all know the 
I mean, not everybody, but a lot of people understand that, um, you know, straightening your back, good posture, you're automatically going to start having like a better response neurochemically because your body is your mind in a sense. Yeah, it's totally one. That's very interesting. So yeah, you had hands on experience of like showing people the tangible, like, look, when you respond like this, this is what your body's doing. It's happening in your mind, but it's also happening in your body. That's so interesting. So it's like that. You gave them the full, full blown connection. Exactly. And when they see that, they're like, okay, how we can, got it. Yeah. Yeah. How can Even you not subconsciously, change? they're like, oh, they know it. It's just yes. that awareness is there. Yes. And they choose where do they want to go with it when they're not in office. With yes. Them, right. It's called um, metacognition in terms of neuroscience. Ooh, cool. Aware that you're aware. Yeah. So it's like once you know, once you have the awareness, you can change it. Yeah. Most people, though, it's subconscious. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. So let's let's shift gears. Um, we have had a few separate conversations off camera about death. Yeah. And this is a super interesting conversation to me mm-hmm. and topic. And obviously you lost your dad when you were young. And that was a huge, um, I guess, catalyst in going down, becoming a doctor, mm-hmm. you know, learning, you know, why does somebody have a heart attack at such a young age? Mm-hmm. Health, stress, diet gut, etc. exercise, all those things necessary. But where did it shift for you when you wanted to start, I guess, contemplating more the concept of death? And where does that come into all this? Yeah. So it's been like, I've been dabbling with that concept for a long, for a few, I, I think ever since I, well, probably from a long time ago, but started understanding it when I became a doctor Mm. and spending a lot of time with patients of Mm. different ranges. And as a naturopathic doctor, we get a lot of time with our patients, or at least the way I've been trained, I get like 90 minutes with each patient. And there are times, yeah. And, you know, when I first graduated and um, I started a, I, I was a part of this clinic where I got a lot of time with my patients doing IVs. And I would be in a room and I would have three to four patients at a time and everyone would become like they all became friends because they would have like weekly IVs. And I had a few patients that had chronic illnesses and really sitting with them. And particularly there was one who probably really impacted, not probably for sure, has impacted my path as a doctor. Um, he Why got, so? So he got diagnosed with a chronic illness, ALS where, you know, it's like, okay, this is for sure. There's no cure for it. Um, You know, you have maybe five years. And when you get that in your 50s and you're this successful man, you are have an amazing family and have a lot going on. And then you get a diagnosis. um, It really impacts. You're like, oh, like, I mean, for anyone, it would change your life. Right. So I got to see him transition through this diagnosis and I remember six months into us spending time together, I would do IVs for him twice a week. um, And we really got to know each other and his family, like we all became friends, right? And I remember one day he told me, Sam, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. Getting ALS. Yeah. He's like, I am finally living. I have let go of so much in the past that wasn't serving me. He completely changed his lifestyle. Um, He had a whole morning routine. He wow. changed, got rid of his company, started something else. And it, 
he changed his life completely. And he was like, I didn't even know how I was living before this. Was I even living? So we had conversations around this and I was like, wow. Then other patients came up where they would almost say the same thing of like this diagnosis of MS or this diagnosis of cancer really woke me up and it shifted who I am. I got to understand who I am. And so I started thinking, why do we wait for a diagnosis that has a timeline to kind of change our lives, to live the life we want to live or actually wake up and live? We're on autopilot and we don't even think about death as a thing. Like we think we're invincible and one day we're going to die at 95. And that's not true. I mean, my dad died when he was 38. Right. Right. You never know. Exactly. So, so the thing is that, so that's where I got really excited about inspiring all my patients to just really live. Mm. So it's not like, it wasn't actual death that was something that was like, oh, let's talk about what happens when we die. Right. It was like, how are we living? Yes. How are we living now? Because death is inevitable. Death is the only thing that's guaranteed in life. Yet with our culture, we create such a morbidity. Like we create such a, oh my God, let's not go there. Let's not, oh, don't say you're going to die one day. But it's like, it's as soon as you're born, you know you're going to die. Right. So that's where I'm like, I talk about death with my patients and I'm like, okay. And then the fear that comes with diagnoses and, and, and the things they experience. So I've learned a lot through my patients, honestly, wow. and what they've gone through. And um, that's what really inspired, I think, my path of how do we inspire others to actually live? Like, why do we have to wait? Mm. So true. Yeah. Why do we, why do, why do people wait? Do you think, I think a lot of it has to do with people just don't like in me personally, yeah. I had never really thought about like, I'm going to die one day. Yeah. Like, and when you have that, like in the front of your mind or even the back of your mind, it's like every day I'm moving closer towards my expiration in this human body my personal beliefs but with that said that means i have to chase my dreams way more fearlessly i have to be way more ambitious i have to show up better every day for myself and everyone around me it made it made me want to become better i didn't become fearful but it's like you say like it's shunned in our society to like talk about this stuff so it's super interesting yeah yeah, and and that's the thing. It's like even the way you show up in a conversation. This is this is the thought that a couple of years ago I started thinking this way where I was like if this is the last conversation I have with someone and then my funeral is next week, this person's going to be like, "Wow, I was the last person that talked to her before she like got hit by a car or whatever." And they're going to talk about this conversation. I hope it's an inspiring one. You know what I mean? I hope that but that's like I think my mission in life like my whole thing, even as a doctor, as a friend, as a daughter, as sister, yeah. I just hope to inspire people. Like that's my goal in life, whether it's through a conversation or through a hug or whatever it is, that's that's what it is. So that's why I think about that, right? That I hope the last person I hug is inspired in some way, you know? And like, I'm left inspired. I'm like, okay, good. I feel good about that. I A few months ago, actually in September, so the, the, the more comfortable I am with the topic of death too, the more I learn and the more connection I have with my father. Mm-hmm. Um, 
my dad's death anniversary is in September. And I remember it was seven days before that day and I was on an airplane and I, I just thought about him. I was like, wow, 20 something years ago, I think 27 years ago, my dad didn't know that he was going to die in seven days. I just got like, I, it was almost like I went into his body and tried to experience life through him of like, he was just at his office doing whatever he was doing, probably looking at me and being like, huh, you know, looking at his wife, whatever. The last dinner we all had together, he had no idea that he wasn't going to wake up the next day. So if he, right, it, it is such a trip. So if he had known that this is the last meal I have with my family, how would it go, right? How would that, and not in a, not in a lack way, right? But in like, how do we create abundance in every interaction? And how do we bring so much love to it? Because again, like we just don't know what our journey on this planet is. And I was like, I started just sobbing on the airplane and I was like, oh my God, I feel for him. I feel for my mom. If she had taken, if she knew this was the last time she was going to hug her husband, you know, how would she have interacted with him? Oh, my heart is just racing when I think about that. So that's what's really inspiring me. How do I show up? every day right how do i interact and that doesn't mean i have to always be positive jumping up and down but am i fully feeling myself every moment and it's more about me and how i want to show up and then that and like let's say today if the rest of the day i want to be in isolation and i want to be sit with my feelings that's cool too just because we're going to die one day doesn't mean we need to take every moment and do something extravagant with it it's the simplicity of life too. And like yes. just listening to ourselves and yes. being fully present with everything we do. Even if it's staring at the wall, are we fully choosing that? <laughs> if I'm sitting, I do that a lot where I just sit oh at home God, and do nothing. Oh my That's why we're friends. <laughs> so, you know, so it's like if I'm fully sitting there with the wall and just doing that, am I, you know, am I fully in it? Or do I wish I was somewhere else? When why am I not somewhere else if I wish I was somewhere else? What's preventing me? The fear, right? The fear of taking that leap. We were having this conversation before we started recording of like when our body tells us it's tired and we're so afraid of taking time off from work, right? Comes and then from the, programs. Yeah. And fear. we're like, oh, but if I take a week off, but what about that paycheck? Like, what about right. this? What about the people that need my help? Like and then, but you're like you're neglecting yourself and the things you need in that mm. moment. And then the universe sends you COVID or like, like it did to me yeah. like a few months back. Or a sick body. Or a sick body. Something, something else. Exactly. That's your soul being like, bro. Exactly. Hey, you. Yeah. Wake like, up. Wake up. You need to honor yourself. So why do we not do that? So sitting with so many patients going through these transformational times with them. I mean, honestly, having the privilege of see them, seeing them transform really helped me understand life better, understand death better, understand that transition and how it's beautiful. Like we celebrate birth into this life. And of course, death comes with grieving and we don't get to see our loved ones in their physical form anymore. Like, yeah, there's a lot that comes with that. And we don't have time in this realm with them anymore, right? But how do we take advantage of that knowledge and how do we live? Because here's the thing. People don't spend time together. And then when someone dies, they're like, fuck, I wish right. I had spent time with them. Right. I wish I had gone to lunch with them. Right. I wish I had bought them flowers. Right. 
you know, like, oh my God, I didn't do enough for this person. So if we really thought about it, I think we would have so many more meaningful relationships, so many more meaningful interactions. Even the, your Uber driver would have a meaningful interaction with you or the person that's checking you out at the grocery store. I just think there would be so much more meaning in life if we all acknowledge that this physical realm is so temporary. Mm. What's coming to my head right now is contemplating death brings you closer to life. It so does. It, it, the, the, the true meaning of life to, in my beliefs, let your soul express, like let your soul express through you or your higher self to express through you as your best self, your mm -hmm. greatest amp, like just this beauty of your soul to live through you. This is like really powerful. Ever since we had the conversation, which is why I wanted to invite you on the podcast, I have not stopped thinking about this. I love that. Because it, it really gives you fucking perspective of like, holy shit, like I am actually going to die. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah. But I am not satisfied with how I've been showing up my whole life mm -hmm. because it's not the best me. Mm. And if I knew tomorrow or next week was my last day, this week would be fucking amazing. Yeah. But why don't we live our life like that? It, you yeah. would squeeze so much juice out of life if you just had that mindset 24 seven. Exactly. So in this whole process for you of death, and <clears throat> I like being blunt with that word. Yeah. I don't know what it is. It's yeah. just like, I want to talk about death. I just I love think being it's blunt a, in it's, general. It's a raw, <laughs> it's, yeah. <laughs> it's a really raw topic, but yeah. I think when you like, use the language in a certain way like can like really wake people up mm -hmm. like holy shit i'm gonna die yeah. um you we talked off camera and you told me about how you actually help somebody mm -hmm. transition from life to death mm -hmm. i am so curious what that yeah. was like what you were feeling yeah break it down yeah. so curious <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah let's talk about it so um I, I always knew that, so me and this person that was passing, we we had a really amazing connection. She is incredible. We talked every day. She was in her 90s, and she ended up having a stroke before, um, like a month before she passed away. Flew down from Seattle to see her, and it's actually my grandma, right? Um, she's like, she raised us. She lived with us when after my dad passed away or we lived with her really. And she was like this rock in our family. She's beautiful. And um, so what happened was my grandma had a stroke, complications with some surgery she had. And then she ended up being paralyzed on one side, but then she was getting better. So they were gonna remove her from the hospital to go get physical therapy and get stronger. But then things took a turn. So I saw her twice while she was in this really phase of just having a really suffering, mm. suffering, really. Yeah. Um, our family was just like, how do we fix her? How do we, you know, she was 95, 94, almost 95. And she has eight kids, right? And everyone oh, was shit. like, we need to, my mom has seven other siblings. Yeah. Wow. So everyone wanted to just really make sure that she gets out of this and, you know, gets better. And I came down, I flew down from Seattle and we spent the night before she passed away together. And I had multiple conversations with her. And one of them was, you can let go. Like, yeah. you know, like, what do you, 
I was like, we're safe. You're okay. Because I think everyone else was putting that energy of like, no, you need to hold on to dear life and stay wow. strong. And, and I was like, honey, like, we're going to be okay. Wow. You can let go. Well, the next day, we spent that night together. She was suffering through the whole night. Um, was she con- able to communicate? She was able to communicate. What was she? I'm so curious. Like when you said it's okay to let go, how did she respond? Did her eyes were saw- closed? Okay. She wasn't. She was not, not responding responsive. to me. No, she was, was like. Was any- it was almost like she was sleeping when I was talking to her about Got this. It. She was like in a nap. Right. Um, but she was fully awake during this. It wasn't like she was in a coma or anything. She was Got awake, it. but she couldn't have any water or. She couldn't move the left side of her body. But during this time, she was napping, and I just held her hand and talked to her about it. And the next day, the only moment, because we never left her alone either at the hospital. It was like there was always someone there. So I left in the morning, and there was an hour before anyone else was able to get there. And she passed away during that hour. Right after you left? Yeah. Wow. And it was... so interesting. Yeah. And as much as it was hard to like be like oh i wish i had more time with my grandma um, right. i was so happy for her right, it's not about you yeah or us yeah and and it also makes me question when people when we do lose our loved ones some of the times the feelings that come up are really regret and really regretting the way we've showed up for them and the relationships we had and how we wish we had more time to mm. do things differently with them like oh i wish i had showed up for my best friend a different way before she yes. i didn't know she was gonna die right, right. or wish or different called, thi- wish, wish total I, regret yeah. in all fronts exactly and that that's a common thing yeah. and that's what makes us like hold on i think and changes or it's a part of the grieving process right so again it goes back to if we fully engage in those interactions with our loved ones and are fully present then we get to grieve their death in such a different way and not hold on to that guilt of what we didn't do and what we wish we had done it's like oh we really had a, this relationship and we really showed up for each other and okay i'll i'll see you on the other side or whatever your beliefs are yeah. you know but it's like okay it's and again sometimes people pass when we're like it's too soon for them to go it's not fair but what do we even know about what right. happens after All right again we've created unfold. these yeah. stories yeah, yeah. and i truly believe that a lot of it is around the guilt we have of the way we've showed up for people mm. i feel like intuitively i don't know if you agree but i wonder if us not letting go mm-hmm. like even after they pass yeah in us not letting go we actually affect their ability to fully transition to the afterlife like that energy mm-hmm. i wonder if that if, I, I have no idea totally philosophy but yeah. i feel like it totally does yeah if i had to guess i would say so too because again i'm not an expert right <laughs> but neither am i yeah, yeah we're having a conversation <laughs> but i've had to do work around me like with with experts around me and my amy and letting my dad, dad go. go yeah so he could because they've told me that he couldn't fully transition because of like and they were like because him and i were really close like we had this really sweet bond so yeah, of course um it was like i was affecting the way he was mm. transitioning were those people you talked to were they like mediums or like psychic mediums or were they just um 
could they communicate with the other side or was no, that just okay. no it was just it was just their yeah their expertise their expertise part of yeah it. interesting yeah but no so my mediums. intuition was right <laughs> yeah your intuition is right wow. absolutely i so feel like very strongly about that yeah it's a really it's it, so interesting for me to ponder right now yeah hmm. and this is really interesting too because your journey started at a funeral you're right. It's such symbolism for where like you're clearly heading. You're right. I actually, you know, it's so funny. That's funny. When I said, I, I know, <laughs> when I mentioned that at the beginning of the interview, yep. that's exactly what I thought. Too. I was like, holy shit. Yeah, I, I saw that. I wanted to bring Did it back you? full circle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, hmm. Wow. It's, it all started at a funeral. And um, and now I'm so passionate oh about, my gosh. about it. Yeah, because death is like associated with dark, but it's actually the exact opposite. Yeah. Because if you, like we talked about, if you embrace death, you can live life more full, mm -hmm. which is light, which is beauty, which is grace, love, etc. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's really powerful. Mm. I really hope, I'm like, how do we bring this conversation? Because I've tried having this conversation yeah. with, different groups of people yeah, just to see some, how people gauge yeah, and some people like with my mom she's like ah! yeah <laughs> i think she most panics. people most people yeah and, and she's like and why are you talking about this to be honest um i feel like it's so subconscious mm -hmm. because they know they're not living life to the fullest mm -hmm. and it's almost like they want to brush that under the rug and just stay in the program because they're scared to fully embrace life and they can't even contemplate the thought of death because they know they're not living, which is why they need to contemplate death to like wake their soul up to be like, yo, start living, start doing what you're here to love. Wow. It's so fucking powerful. What, I love this. I know. What do you think? What's the population percentage that you think is living like that? Uh, in their fear. In and fear. 99.9%. Yep. Yeah. Maybe a little less, but I'd say if I had to argue it, if you yeah. ask 10 people on the street, like most people don't live their dreams. They don't have like crazy love. You know, it's all surface. Mm -hmm. They don't just expand and let their soul live through them because of fear, because of things they've taken on through their lives. Yeah. They never become financially free. There's so many things that restrict their expansion self-induced but that's what doing the work is and waking up is in my opinion yeah wow i wanted to tell you about so the last breath work i did with you and yes, Irina. yes that's where i want to go next is that where you want to go okay i, was, I, was thinking, I read I was your like, mind yeah, there you go <laughs> pick it up because because that's when our, when we had these discussions too so i had yeah. been think i woke up that morning with like journaling about this right just death this so and, wait so yeah. You woke up the morning of the breathwork event. Yes. And for everybody listening, we had a breathwork private event with our close friends here at our house. Sam was one of those people that came. So that morning, mm -hmm. you woke up, yeah. journaled about death. Yeah. And then, okay. Yeah. Just making and sure I was like, here. I need to explore. <laughs> so, I woke up. Sorry. So I journal every morning, right? right? And I wake up thinking like, it's like, because when we're sleeping, you probably know more about this than I do about the subconscious mind and mm. how it's just refreshing and yep. downloading and telling us so much about ourselves yep. right so symbolism I, and other things yeah. dreams yeah exactly so i journal in the morning usually first thing when i wake up most days mm -hmm. um 
that morning I woke up with all this excitement and I just started writing and I wrote about how I need to understand, I need to talk about death more mm -hmm. and I need to understand it more and I need to talk to everyone about it because it had been a topic that had come up a lot in the past week, but I didn't get it until that morning mm. of why is everyone talking to me about it and mm. grieving to me, like talking to me about grieving a process or anyway, yeah. woke up with this little nugget and then came here, went into the breath work session and I through the session left my body mm. and I knew in that breath work session that I had died, yeah. which is something that I had never experienced. I've done breathwork sessions before. Yep. One of them, I did leave and saw myself before I was born. Yep. But this one was like legit. I felt like I had died. Yeah, you had the it, full DMT hit your brain for sure. Yeah, I, I want you to teach me about that too. Yeah, we can talk about it. Um, so I, I felt the freedom that I, I felt this type of freedom I've never felt before. Wow. It was like that my body was there, but I was up front like jumping on the grass and like literally just jumping for joy and I felt so free and I felt like I was making all these decisions that were for me and it was like I don't I'm not gonna say all these decisions that came to yeah, me yeah, yeah. but all these realizations wow. that I made during that from no fear right and I was like holy shit I could be living like this and I thought I was like I thought oh yeah I'm right. I'm so connected to my heart yeah, yeah, and I'm yeah. always making decisions from my heart yeah but this experience, I was like, oh my God, I have so much fear and I'm letting go of all of it. And what am I even holding on to? What am I afraid of? If that is what I'm meant to feel, that freedom of like jumping on the grass like a little girl and just being so free without any worries in the world. And so that was the coolest experience to just fully feel that. And then almost like, have that part of me that had passed talk to me about just letting go and and just making decisions from that place everything that i'm talking about of like that little like percentage of fear that was left i was like i can just let that go it was so profound so what happened to me oh man <laughs> i don't know but well okay so let me just i want to make sure the listeners are understanding what you're saying so you're in this breathwork experience yeah. and we teach this powerful breathwork and people this is very common to like leave your body or to yeah. have like a almost an otherworldly experience yes. where you know you're here yeah. but you know you're somewhere else too yeah it's very interesting very and subjective. it's not scary it's no, like no, no. you know you're safe yes yeah well yeah at times yeah and um so you leave your body and that leaving of the body was like symbolism for your dying mm -hmm. like you're going over to the other side is okay. what i'm gathering and um in that you had new perspective on life mm -hmm. because all the fears all the you realize like oh that's not who i truly am here to be yeah. i'm here to live fully i'm here to express i'm here to live through my soul yeah so it was interesting too for the listeners your physical body was freezing cold during this time yeah i do remember that freezing cold yes i asked for extra blankets yes and you were like shaking <laughs> yeah and you had like three blank and the room was warm. Mm -hmm. It's like your brain can't tell the difference. Wow. So in a sense, you literally died yeah. and came back. Your brain had no idea that you, that, yeah. So that's what happened. And you're, you know, we don't know, you know, 
how far this goes. But um, if you're familiar with psychedelics like 5-MDO, ayahuasca, mm -hmm. mushrooms, the compound in those drugs is a chemical called DMT, dimethyltryptamine. Mm -hmm. And that same chemical is released in the brain when you die. It can also be released in the brain through breath work. And when you come to life as well, I believe. I'm not sure on that last one, but the first two, yeah, 100% fact. And that wow. triggers like the pineal gland. Yeah. And then that can give you like a full-blown mystical experience because your brain literally thinks it's dying because the DMT is releasing. So that's why a lot of people who do psychedelics, they have like this ego death because they, they confront death. Yeah. But, you know, you did it the natural way. Yeah. So everybody's body responds differently, but I think it's so interesting on how this all clearly is tying together for you to bring this more forward. It's so clear, which is really cool. Thank you for pointing that out because yeah. sometimes it's not clear to me, right? Yeah. Where you're like, oh, why is this all coming up? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. So it's so crazy. Even thinking back to like how you were literally freezing cold. Yeah. It was crazy. And then another part of it that was wild too is... Then you said you were reborn. Yeah. Yeah. Then I saw myself being reborn. And so I, what happened? Like walk people through your mind. Like what were you experiencing? Because yeah. some people are going to hear this and be like, what? Like I don't understand. Yeah. They're going to be like, whoa, what is she talking about? So then I... It's like I experienced that immense joy. Yes. Like bliss. insane blissful joy where I was like... I wish, I mean, I need to see footage of that because I wish I could see myself go through that, like yeah. my physical form, because what I was seeing in my mind was yeah. like heaven, right? Yeah. And and then I was reborn, I was in a womb, but I was a bird. Oh, interesting. I was like a fluffy little cozy bird, and then I felt well, warm again. What kind of bird, do you know? Yeah, I was white and blue. And I don't know what it was, I'm not, I, I have no idea, but I found a picture, like I cool. came across one. And I was like, oh my God, this was the bird I was. <laughs> but you know when birds go like, like, yes. like, like tuck Trust their me. beacon and like birds. get fluffy? Yes. So that's what I was. And I was huh. white and I had some blue feathers too. Nice. And I was like, cool, I'm a bird now. And then I was in the womb. And then when I fully, when I came out of that journey, when we were all done, I was like, whoa, yeah. who am I? Yeah. Like, you I looked almost, different. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Did I look like a bird? I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, you seemed, you seemed, I guess, like, reborn. Yeah. <laughs> like, honestly. And that's that's decently common after breath work, like, feeling a sense of reborn. Like, people mm -hmm. feel like they're, a lot of things we hear, like, their soul returns yeah. to, their, to themselves. Yeah. Um, it never left. It was just you, you worked through all the layers. But, mm -hmm. wow, that's so profound. Yeah. So you died, were reborn. Mm -hmm. And it was all so it was again peace and yeah. joy like insane amount of joy yes. and um and then was a bird and then i came back to my and it was like i had so much clarity after that too of like who i am what my journey is the decisions i want to make yeah. i i feel like after that session too i show up i i keep showing up with so much integrity to myself and like so much greater boundaries and really being true to who I am and not having a fear of how is this going to work out? Cause I just know yeah. that life is always working out no matter what's showing up for us. Even if it's something traumatic, it's like, okay, then I got to work through this. Right. Mm -hmm. I got to feel the pain. I got to do X, Y, and Z. And 
experience it, experience it as a soul. But really, I feel like I let go of just expectations and for fear. myself and yeah. fear yeah. and just set, just showing up with so much more integrity for yeah. myself and yeah. connection to myself and respect for myself. I mean, how couldn't you if you literally faced death? Yeah. And then I think, you know, what's so cool too, you know how I talk about, okay, so why don't we look at death before we get that chronic illness diagnosis? Like how do we start living now as yeah. if you, you God forbid got that or whatever? Why don't we wait for that? So now it's like, I, I didn't even have a near death. You know how people say I had a near death experience and now everything yeah. changed. Well, for me, I didn't have a near death experience, but I did die yeah. in my mind. Yeah. So how cool is that? Like how... I wish this was like a required thing for all human beings to just live life. I wonder how different our society would be. I wonder how much more kindness and how much more authenticity and love there would be because everyone would just love themselves and have that much respect for their soul. And like it, it, it would be such a different world if we all live that way. And 99% of us aren't living that way. So yeah. We need messengers to bring the message forward. Yeah. I think when people know better, they do better. Mm -hmm. And I'm so, I mean, my background, social media and spreading messages of, of similar natures of tuning into who we truly are and working through those programs and fears and using the tools, the right things, breath work. But I think information um, delivered in a certain way has so much power. And I think there's a way to package it to where you speak to the soul. And that's why I'm so passionate about these conversations because there is somebody listening right now who is fully taking all of this in. Yeah. And it's hitting, a, bypassing the analytical mind, mm -hmm. going somewhere deeper. And, and that's my definition is that's truth. Yeah. The soul knows truth. Mm -hmm. You can feel it. Like this whole conversation, I've had goosebumps multiple times. I know. So wow, it's so cool. It's so profound. And I, you know, it's like you said, everything in life happens for a reason. So although the passing of your father wasn't ideal, mm -hmm. nobody knows how the dots connect. And I'm sure you have your own process in that. But it's like, maybe it's grace in a weird way. Absolutely. In a beautiful way. Mm -hmm. You know, it's hard to comprehend that because, you know, there's so many intricacies. But I find it interesting the way your life is is taking you from everything, from the, the symbolism of becoming a doctor at the funeral, like the seed planted. And then you having your own practice and becoming a doctor and helping people heal their mind, body, gut, how it's all connected. And then in in your own journey realizing like wow you don't have to wait for a diagnosis to start yeah. living life uh, your life of your dreams yeah and it all ties together it's so such a clear picture yeah. it's really cool and you lead with that like you bring that death component up front boom like if you know you're gonna die you're gonna take care of your health way differently if you if you truly actually think about this stuff and then that's going to affect you know your mind and everything else and how you show up and it's beautiful you're right and here's the other viewpoint too when you were saying it i was listening i was like oh 
it could also go a completely different way, right? Imagine if someone becomes really destructive because they're like, I am going to die. So why don't I They don't think just... they have purpose. Exactly. Wow. So then it's like, well, I'm going to die one day anyway. So let me do a bunch of drugs and yeah. let me party and I have no purpose in life. Wow. So I think there is responsibility in that too. Absolutely. Of like the beauty of actually fully living. Yes. And creating abundance in our lives yeah. and living fearlessly. But then there are people that would look at them and be like, oh, well, I'm going to die one day. Yeah. So why don't I just be kill myself with, with all the yep. junk food I could eat yep. and all the, instead of, you know, it's like, well, it's like then they create the dark side of it. Yeah. Right. So where, like, you know, we got to create this fine balance yeah. between, because I look at it in such a like, oh, wow, abundance, light, right, beautiful. Right, right. That's how we're talking about right. it. But there's a flip side. There's a flip side. Yeah. And yeah, it, it comes so much to like the spiritual foundation, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, somebody's spiritual beliefs are going to totally affect how they look at this because yeah. some people don't believe there's anything after this. Yeah. I personally don't believe that. I obviously know you don't believe that. Yeah. So... I would be curious to talk to like somebody who doesn't believe in God or something like yeah. that and see their take because you know what's really interesting about this too? Mm -hmm. My entire life, high school, uh, middle school, I was like complete rebel, mm -hmm. cheated on every single test. Yeah. Just wasn't my thing. Yeah. There was one project mm -hmm. that I actually went deep in. Guess what the topic was? Death. Assisted suicide. <laughs> oh which is so interesting yeah it's like the only thing i can like remember mm -hmm. where i actually i actually did the work because <laughs> you had to yeah because like you can't copy someone's entire project and, <laughs> yeah you're like <laughs> oh, have their to own do unique this. topics but you chose that topic i, I chose you're that like topic. if i have to do it myself yeah. and i don't be i don't know what i mean i was so different then than i am now but i don't know what drew me to that but it was um Kevorkian. I don't know if you've ever looked into this guy. Um, yeah, there's a whole, there's like a whole thing. He like, yeah, he was, he was, he was killing people um, with drug, like with uh -huh. medication yeah. to help them, you know, transition because he wanted to put them out, out of suffering. But mm -hmm. the, and I don't know what the, the rules are now, but back then it was illegal. You couldn't just do that. Yeah. And there were certain states that allowed assisted suicide and stuff, but so interesting so cool yeah, yeah you're really interested in this i'm so interested yeah that's why i wanted to have you on the show because i was like i want to talk to you about it cause i want to hear your <laughs> perspective because i think it's so so important yeah. like i said i think you got to embrace death to fully live life absolutely and that's the whole message yeah right that's it mm. how are we embracing how are we living every single day that's one of the main questions i even i mean going back to my practice as a doctor I ask my patients, how do you want to live? Mm. How do you, no, I don't even ask them, what would you like your diet to be? You yeah. know, or like what do you, the most important question to me is how do you want to live, be, and feel every day? Yes. And how are you actively doing that? Doing that in your mm. life. So if you want to feel free, what are you doing in your life to achieve that? If you want to feel energized, are you engaging in things that give you energy? Mm. And then we talk about lifestyle and diet and changing yeah. like the, biochemistry but again we're doing all that to feel a certain way yes. to be fully alive yes. so 
I'm not, you all know, comes back. it all comes back. Like <laughs> we're not just doing your blood work and changing your diet and healing your gut just because you want your gut to be healthy. I mean, it all comes back to, we want to feel good every day. We yes. want to live every day. We want to be alive. We want to be alive. So fully if we're doing alive. all that, why aren't we doing it fully? Mm. So good. So. And then there's like to the, the second aspect of like the death of the old self in a way where you have to, on a spiritual sense, have to let go of your personality even at a certain point to fully experience, you know, the deeper spiritual connection to what this is all about in my beliefs. And if you try to get there as a somebody, as something, you just won't fully embrace it. So you just won't get there. You can't see that, which is why I love breathwork so much because it kind of gets you out of that personality. But yeah, it's so interesting. There's so many like things happening from like spiritual, physical death, like the death of the old self. Yeah. There's so much and that allows you to be reborn to live fully. Absolutely. As who you're meant to be, you know? Wow. Yes. <laughs> yes, it's so cool. <laughs> it really is. I love it. Yeah, me too. I mean, I could talk about this five days straight with mm, you, you know, because yeah. we're both so, we could go down so many different avenues with this. Totally That's could. why it's such a fun, exciting topic. And I feel like everyone should kind of dip their feet in it and think, how are they really living? Like really take a survey of your life. Yes. What's holding you back from mm. choosing what you truly want in your heart? Mm. What's holding you back from making the changes, you know? It's almost about, always fear. How would you show up for your loved ones if you knew that Them one day you, either yeah. they won't be there or you won't be there? Mm. I, I honestly, I practice this every day. Like when I hug my family members or friends, best friends, goodbye, I like feel it in my heart. I'm like, oh, or I even see it in the, I'm like, okay, even if we're like all alive till we're 95 or yeah. whatever, but one day, like I won't be able to hold you like this for some reason, whatever the reason is. So let me embrace this hug. Let me like fully be with it. So even if it's that, even if whoever's listening, you know, if they just take that, we're like, how can they just be really in it? Even with this conversation that they're with the conversation they're having today, practice being present with everything you're doing. Men can definitely work on that too. Men have a problem with presence. Oh yeah. <laughs> you think so? You think men more than women? Um, personally, yeah, I mm -hmm. think because of my relationship and learning that a woman feels safe when you're present with them. Mm -hmm. And like, as a divine masculine, it's our job to show up with that presence. I think yeah. women have to do it too, but yeah. I'm a man, so I can speak and I notice it in men as well now yeah. because I used to be so unpresent in all my relationships mm -hmm. until my, with Irina. Yeah. So, um, it's interesting to once you kind of work on that, you start to see it in a lot of other people like, damn, like, dude, you're not present with her. And that's why she doesn't feel safe with you. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's so important. Um, yeah. I asked every every guest on the podcast the same question. So the podcast called Breadcrumbs of Inspiration. Okay. I think you sprinkled some massive breadcrumbs today. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what is something that you can share from your life that was, and you don't gotta share the details, but super challenging mm. and <laughs> super complicated. But on the other side of it, you know, you became a new person mm -hmm. and you 
can share this because it will leave like those breadcrumbs of inspiration to learn to teach people that your shortcomings your worst thing that's ever happened to you Mm -hmm. can actually be the best thing if you're willing to see the beauty and grace in it Mm. um so you don't have to share the experience if you don't feel comfortable but if you do feel free and then at the end of it what did you learn about you and what can people take away from that okay (sighs) so many challenges let's see (laughs) which one do i want to share (laughs) share the one that comes to your mind first well there's one that's coming to my mind i don't want to share the details of it it. then don't but yeah give the Um, framework yeah if you can (laughs) let's see how do i share without fully sharing okay so about a year ago something very shocking happened to me where i had to face so much shame and so many stories that i was living with in my own head and it was one of those where it's like oh you get to work through certain things and if you don't the universe like pushes you into facing it and it was so so i can't even tell you how challenging it was it's very like traumatic Mm -hmm. and this day when i look back on that situation i am so thankful because what came out of that i mean i had so much support during this from my mentor to just everything i i brought into my life to create safety around it yep um but now looking back on how I felt a year ago and who I am today, I send gratitude to that situation because mm. it allowed me to see my shame mm. around a certain topic mm. and it allowed me to let go of that and heal it. But again, that could have gone completely different. I mean, I could have literally been like, I Married this is story. so, yep. yeah, I could have been like, I am going to take this trauma and I'm going to sit with it and I am not going to get the help I need through this mm. and let it lead my life. Or sometimes when people go through trauma, they, they want, they won't even want to live. I mean, mm. thoughts like that went through my mind Totally. where it's like, I don't even want to live through this. This is so much to carry. Right. I've been there too. Yep. Yeah. And, but then I was like, no, 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 no. I'm going to get the help I need. And within mm. a couple of days I had all the help around me and it, I transformed who I am. Wow. And it's funny because I was telling a friend the story this morning. I was telling Irina. Yeah. <laughs> a friend. <laughs> friend. And I was like, holy shit, today's the first day that I didn't share the story with a lot of people, but I was like, today's the day that I actually didn't cry when I told the story. I was laughing. And I was like, ha ha ha, I went through that. And, yeah. and, and I'm grateful for it. And I am actually transformed. And wow, I had to go through that to work through certain shame and to practice being vulnerable and to practice being me yeah. and being like, yeah, I, I something like that happened. And, mm. and I am who I am now. And I get to sit with other people. I mean, after that situation happened, it was really interesting. I had... A best friend who actually showed up for me amazingly during that time was staying with me every night. And one night, one of her friends came over and we created this thing called the shame circle because I was like, I can't tell her. Like, she can't know. Like, you can know, but no one else can know because I'm so ashamed of this and Mm. blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And then we we called it the shame circle. We created this safety (laughs) net. That's awesome. Where then her friend 
got to share this, the shame she was holding on to. Mm. Then my friend got to share some of her stuff and she usually doesn't share anything. She's like the person that holds space and just hears everyone else's and she has a wall up. And then from there on, they said that they took that shame circle and they do it with different people. Wow. So I don't do it with anyone else. I, like, <laughs> I'm like, okay. But I'm like, how cool is that? So it's a vulnerability. Vulnerability. And the way I was like, okay, cool. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about what I'm going through right now. That's not allowing me to eat, sleep, literally. Wow. No eat. Like I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't be around anyone. And to take that and to help other people transform their stuff and yes. be like, okay, we can be vulnerable with our feelings. So not only did it impact me, but I truly believe it's trickled into other people's lives and impacted them. Totally. Which is my mission in life. Heck yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, you know, they say the the light enters into the cracks. Yeah. It's like those that pain, that suffering actually brings you to your greatest yeah. awakening. Yeah. Same with your dad. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that no there's no way that was easy in any means. So much pain. I've never lost somebody close to me like that, so I can't even fully, you know, understand. But um in that pain you 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 see who you truly are and then you come out on the other side it's like the hero's journey yeah of like we're that powerful and the past does not equal the future so yeah that's beautiful yeah thank you for sharing of course i know it's vulnerable but it's always a great question to ask yeah <laughs> with the timing of it too yeah. because today something transformed yeah. in me three weeks ago i wasn't feeling like this a lot of synchronicities happening for yeah. you right now yeah life is awesome is it? Yes, it is. <laughs> Life is awesome. <laughs> a little breadcrumb. There you go. <laughs> is there uh, anything else you would like to share that we didn't touch on? Or um, no, I feel like we touched base on the whole message yes, and connecting to life. Beautiful. So, where can uh, people find you? What's your Instagram or website? Or my Instagram is dr.sam.nd. Um, website is saffowellness.com. That's my concierge business. Um, Sweet. Also, I'm at Remedy Place. I'm the head naturopathic doctor there, so patients can see me there. Unless they want concierge services, then it's through Saffa Wellness. Um, Another thing that's really cool is I want to tell you about what Safa is. Yeah, let's do it. Which is another cool story. Um, Safa is the first two letters of my first name, to, and F-A is the first two letters of my last name, so S-A-F-A. Got it. And that means joy, purity, clarity, and Farsi and Arabic. Oh, cool. Isn't that crazy? And we, my marketing guy came up with it without even knowing what Safa means. He was wow. just using my name. <laughs> um, but the thing about me and what I would love everyone to connect to is joy always bringing joy to everything we're doing so even in the hardest moments how can we connect to joy every single day because without joy what what is life anyway pretty dull yeah that's beautiful thank you for sharing yeah of course thank you thank you so much for coming on the show thank you so much for having me this was such an awesome conversation and i can't wait to continue it yes there's more (laughs) well make sure you check out sam and give her a follow and maybe do a session with her and thank you again Thank you.